Welcome back to Chapel Shorts. What you've just heard was our first grade class reciting the theme verse for this year. And that theme verse has been the subject of our chapel messages up until this point in the year. And we've really been honing in on this very first phrase of that verse, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord. So I began chapel today asking our students well, a review question. What's the one word answer for how you receive Christ Jesus? And, and a student quickly said faith, and that's exactly right. You, you receive Christ by faith. And we, we've talked about that in chapel. Uh, a few verses to support that. John 3:36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. John 1:12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And there are a large number of other verses I could read, but uh, to keep it brief, we'll move on. So, so we recognize it's believing in Jesus. That's how you receive Jesus. But what exactly do you need to believe about Jesus? And that's what I wanted our students to think about before we move on to what it looks like to walk in Him, is to make sure they understood what about Jesus you believe to receive Him. And in sum, what we believe is what the Scriptures tell us about who Jesus is and about who we are. We believe and agree with the Scriptures when they say that I'm a sinner in need of saving, and that God is holy and good, and He will condemn sin, and that sin deserves God's wrath and condemnation, and, and death, as we learn even from the very beginning, that, that sin deserves death, and that Jesus came to die in the place of sinners. That that's what Jesus' mission was as he came. He came into the world to save sinners. And so on the cross, by his death, uh, we, we believe and put our faith in the fact that our wrath was covered, uh, absorbed, paid for by Jesus' death. But it doesn't end at his death. Also, that in his resurrection, he conquered the curse of death and gave us hope of eternal life, an eternal resurrected life. That's what we believe, the content of our belief. That's the gospel message, that we can be made right through faith. And the other part of that is not just that our sin is dealt with, but we are given the very righteousness of Christ by being found in him by faith. Now, faith is not simply knowing those things, although you can't put your faith in them unless you know them, it's also not just believing those things to be true. Faith is also relying upon those things or entrusting yourself to those things. Turning away from anything else that you might look to as Lord, Savior, um, and, and the solution to your sin, and putting your hope and dependence and rest and confidence and, and, and your faith in Christ. That's what, what, that's what biblical faith, saving faith, means. It's not just saying that Jesus died for sins, but it's for believing that Jesus died for my sins. That my sins were covered by Christ, and that's my hope. That's saving faith. Well, I had a student ask me this last week, how do you do that? How do you believe in Christ? How do I put my faith in Christ? And part of what I wanted to do this morning was just to encourage our students not to make this more complicated than it is. And I used an illustration that I hope was helpful for them, but I asked them if, if, if your parents told you that they were going to pick you up from Car Rider, would you believe them? And, and most of them, without hesitation, would say yes. You know, I, I don't have any reason not to believe them. And then I asked them, well, do your parents control everything? Are your parents all powerful? Are, are your parents all knowing? 
Um, can your parents prevent things like traffic or a flat tire or a work emergency or a power outage that would make the traffic lights go out? Uh, maybe a, a road work that would make, make a road blocked off. Can they control all those things? And, and they said, no. And so I said, even with all those possibilities that might interrupt what they said they would do, you still believe them? And, and they said, yes. And I asked, well, how, how can you believe them with all of those possibilities that might interrupt what they said is, is going to happen? And the answer is, is because they, they trust the words of their parents. They think what their parents say is really what their parents are going to do. Maybe not all the time, and, and parents obviously, we're not, we're not all powerful. We do make mistakes. We do fall short of even our own words. Um, so they have reason to doubt us, but they, you know, generally, in something like picking us up, they, they have no reason to. They don't, they don't hear us say, we're going to pick you up, and then they go call um, their, their friends asking for rides because they don't know where their ride's coming from. That, that doesn't happen, right? Now, if we can believe our parents who are not all-powerful, who, who drive vehicles that can break down, why would we not believe a God who is all-powerful? A God that's never lied. A God that can tell the end from the beginning, who knows where everything is going because he's ordained all things that come to pass. A God that's created all things. A God that is the reason why we have breath in our lungs. A God that's never exhausted. He's not going to accidentally oversleep on a promise. God's word proves true. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Right? Nothing's going to interrupt God's plans. And the gospel message that we talked about at the beginning of, of this episode is God's promise. If you believe in Christ, you will be saved. And so when someone asks, how do you believe God's promise, the question is simply, well, do you trust God? Do you trust his word? Well, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Answering the question of how do you believe in God is, is challenging because it's so simple. It's, it's like saying, how do you believe your parents when they say they'll pick you up in car rider? Well, it's just because you do. You believe them. And all the while, we acknowledge that God is sovereign over these things. We've talked about this in, in an earlier episode, where only those that the Father grants will come to Christ. And if you're not of those who have been called by God or granted to receive Christ by God, then, then you'll have spiritual blinders and, and you won't be able to receive. But the, the, the reality that the students and your kids and anyone you share the gospel with needs to hear is your responsibility is how you respond to this message. Do you believe God or do you reject God? Okay, your job is not to figure out, well, did God draw me? That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is how do you respond to this message? And if you reject him, then you will be accountable to that response. And if you receive him by faith, if you trust God's word, then you will be saved. And it's not more complicated than that. And so some questions you might talk about with your kids would be things like, why can we believe God's word? Why should we trust God? And if that's true, can we believe God about the gospel? Do we believe God when we read that we are justified by faith? But there is a kind of faith mentioned in scripture that cannot save you. And we'll look at how the scriptures describe that faith and what that faith is on next week's episode of Chapel Shorts.